Was it something I said? You're going to make me throw up, man. I'm sorry. Oh, dude. <laughs> and the home of the brave. Welcome to episode 34 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey. It's hockey in sneakers. Oh, man. Uh, I always say, oh, man, like it. Like just doing that introduction is such a burden. I I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I don't get winded that quickly. I mean, I know I'm out of shape, but still. Uh, what I should say is I am very happy to be talking to you, and I'm very happy to be talking to you, James. Same here, man. Very excited, and that's okay. It's, if you were winded, I'd be worried about it, but oh, man, that's a good thing. So. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the the Hit the Deck. Oh, boy. <laughs> what kind of goalie would I be if I couldn't string together a sentence? Yeah, man. Uh, one of the reasons why Gary and I are excited is that as long as the weather holds up, please, please, that we're going to play on the weekend. We're going to play deck hockey, which we haven't in such a long time. So At long can... last, the skies have cleared and the, the the sun shall be shining down upon us and we shall partake in hockey, glorious hockey once more. Amen, brother. Oh, boy. Okay, so... That being said, I think we can jump right into our starting lineup. And for tonight's starting lineup, in goal, I am, of course, the American Rhino, number 35, Gary McComiskey, and my illustrious co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sejazi. How are you, James? Pretty well, my friend, and yourself? You know, I, I can't complain. I really can't. Well, I could, but I won't, because... Honestly, I don't have anything of any substance to complain about. I, I got a pretty good life, all things considered. I'm glad to hear you're doing well. And uh, if you are well enough to grace us with what is on deck for this particular podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. This one's for you then, my friend. Thank you. Vote a key. Election day is upon us soon. God help us. Anyway, here's something that actually is worth voting for. You already know our jersey numbers, but Gary and I will tell you a little more about why number 35 and number 4 are our top candidates and what numbers should be run out of town on a rail. Keepers of the Hall. The Hockey Hall of Fame recently tweeted a picture of nine-foot-tall statues of Cyclone Taylor and Ken Dryden that greet you before entering a wing called the NHL Zone. Those statues will assure that everyone is on his best behavior when in the Hockey Hall of Fame. And it's riveting. Huge assists goes to the American Rhino on this one. The National Women's Hockey League started up their second season back on October 8th. But did Hit the Deck superfan Sue have something to do with the New York Riveters moving from Brooklyn to Newark? And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You are welcome, sir. You know, I think I want to change what I said about feeling good. Uh, In light of the election coming up, uh, I'm going to change my answer. Well, at least... 
for now, we can feel good, and then maybe next week we'll see how we're doing. I suppose. All right. You know what? Before we jump into the uh, the the hit the deck proper, sure. I'd like to bring on a very special guest. And we have a very special guest on tonight's podcast. My daughter, Julia, is here. Julia, what would you like to say? Hello, James. All right. Julia, I'd like to ask you a question. Can you tell everybody on the podcast, what do you think of hockey? I think it's great because I root for my favorite team. What team is that? Rangers. All right. Thanks, Julia. I love you very much. Thanks for being on the podcast. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you, Princess. No, I'm. I just melted into a little puddle. <laughs> I love you too, Julia. Thank you. That's so sweet. Yeah, she's uh, she is a sweetheart. She wanted to be on the podcast tonight, but I Excellent. told her it was after her bedtime, so she wanted to uh, record a, a special little message there. Ah, definitely the best one of, if not the best, clip that we have on the entire podcast. You know, I got it. I got to give my daughter credit. I'm actually very proud of her because I was joking with her about uh, that I would go to bed and she could do the podcast tonight, which is, is what kind of set us on this whole thing. And I asked her if she knew how to set everything up, you know, because I have my whole setup here in the living room that I do to record the podcast. And to her credit, she pointed out most of the stuff that I set up to, to put together the podcast. And she is almost always in bed by the time I set all this stuff up. So she's only seen it a couple of times. Really, we. She deserves to be bragged about because she's an extraordinary young young lady, and a chip off the old block too. So she's got the the, the hockey fire in her, thanks to both her great parents, by the way, <laughs> and the uh, the technical genius that is the American Rhino. So that's amazing for a six year old girl to figure that. So yeah, you know, if, if you and she want to take over, I'll, I'm not going to get in your way. So no, I, I'd no. love to hear that actually, quite frankly. That's fine. Be a lot You're going to make me blush. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Thank you. That That's very kind of you to say, but I am happy to let Julia get her much needed rest and do the podcast with you. And just as a character, the character that this young lady has, I mean, that's pretty incredible for a young girl to do it beforehand, to record it and willingly go to sleep and do what she's supposed to do. Just to a credit to her and a credit to you and, and your lovely wife for being wonderful parents. So just we're blushing a little bit, but the, the child deserves it. She is the Wayne Gretzky of children. So. <laughs> Well, well, thank you. Put in perspective. Okay? I, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that it was entirely voluntary on her part, but she she didn't put up too much of a fight. So, well, just as a on a little tangent, um, she is six. Friend, so, yeah, but uh, just to again to put it in perspective a little bit, that um, on YouTube, Jimmy Kimmel every year has a bit where he has parents lie to their children and say that they ate their Halloween candy and then record it. <laughs> uh -huh. So from the tantrums that sh were shown, at least from what I saw on, on, on Facebook, I didn't see mm -hmm. the actual episode. Maybe there were more. Uh, even if, if Julia objected a little bit, it's she's doing what she's supposed to do. No problem. Cause these kids were just like children from hell. You know and what? I understand you don't come between a child and his candy, but still it was really rough. You know what? Just, I, it, I'm going to continue to brag about my daughter just a little bit if if you, the listener, will bear with me. But uh, on the subject of Halloween candy, so Julia and her mom were out trick-or-treating, 
and I hadn't gotten home from work yet. So they left uh, a bag of candy just hanging on our front door with a sign that says, please take one. And um, when we got home, we, we just happened to get home at the same time. The bag was gone. Someone had taken the whole bag of candy because, oh. you know, some kids are inconsiderate. And Julia, God bless her, Julia offered up the candy that she had collected trick-or-treating to give out to the other trick-or-treaters if we were out of candy. And we weren't. We, we had more. So, you know, it wasn't necessary. But that's how generous my daughter is. If that doesn't sum up what a wonderful child she is. And I know at least one fan is, is right on board with what we're saying. That's Sue because she loves Julia Pretty much as much as you and your wife do. Uh-huh. But, uh, the, wow, um, she she deserves a Stanley Cup. That, yeah. That's all I could say. So for, <laughs> for the deck hockey world, that is the highest honor to bestow on someone so wonderful and deserving. So great job, man. You guys just did a wonderful job so far raising a wonderful young lady. We're trying, but a lot of credit goes to her just for, you know, for her strength of character. So uh, we, we are blessed. Amen. And deservedly so. All right. So that being said, let's talk about some people who have maybe not as much character. Yeah. So uh, Gary and I try not to be political. Um, I'm sure you get enough of that from everywhere else you turn. It's almost over, James. I'm counting the days until Election Day. It's almost over. Yeah. I don't don't know. Yeah. It's I'll just keep my opinion to myself. Yeah. Probably um, smart. Uh, it, like we said, it's uh, if you're watching TV and it's I'm not even talking about the news, just entertainment and radio, whatever. Just people are always spewing their opinions, whether you want it or not, whether it's a fact or not. It doesn't matter. It's just whatever. So our little take is just to give you an idea of why. And I went through hit the decks in the past and I thought we kind of touched on this before, but we never really explained I mean, people know who your favorite goalie is of all time, mm-hmm. so we figure why you're number 35. But we never really explained why we have our numbers and um, if it was a process of elimination or whatever the case is. So figure we'll do something that's fun to vote on, and, and you, the fan, you, the listener, are more than welcome to chime in on that as well Cool. with your favorite numbers and why you, are your, uh, you, you chose your number that you wear. Yeah, man. So, hit, us, hit us up at uh, hitthedeck at gmail.com or... You know, tweet at us at Hit the Deck Pod, or if you want to open a dialogue, jump on our Facebook page at Hit the Deck, and and uh, you know, let us know that way. Absolutely, the more the merrier, and we appreciate it. And thanks for listening. So, leading off, especially for goalies in general, according to my research and just being a hockey fan most of my life, it seems that goalies stick with the numbers in the 30s. Mm-hmm. To be most popular because like in soccer way back for the first few decades of hockey professional hockey number one was designated for the starting goalie but uh, that being changed in around the 50s or 60s or so because the league the nhl proper at at that point Mm -hmm. was made mandatory that you had to have a backup goalie on your roster sure sure i'm surprised it took that long frankly Exactly right, especially when they weren't wearing masks, for goodness sake. <laughs> Although, I, I think I mentioned this uh, once before. I have a book of facts about the Rangers, and back in, I forget if it was the 30s or 40s, but it, it was one of their early Stanley Cup runs, and um, they actually 
had to play one game. Uh, so back then they didn't have backup goalies. Essentially, like local goalies or goalies from local teams would just kind of sit in the stands and if they were needed they did come in and play but for this particular game the uh they didn't have one like the uh the home team or whatever didn't ensure that there was a backup goalie somewhere in the building so the rangers gm at the time general manager had to come in and play goal for the rest of the game when the uh the goalie got injured <laughs> That would only be fun if that was still the case and we were at a game together. I would love to see you on the MSG ice guarding that goal for us. That'd well, it was awesome. like, you know, college goalies or whatever. Nah, whatever. But uh, anyway, so yeah, with, with, with that and also with the majority of those goalies being number one, a lot of them were that good to have been retired. Mm. So uh, as you mentioned, the Rangers, we have a, uh, or the, the New York Rangers, I should say, pardon me for my fan showing, but um Number one is retired in the Rangers organization because of Ed Jockerman. Sure. And uh, other great number ones were Vezina himself, the man that the trophy is named after for the goalie MVP. Who and you, Terry you talked Sawchuk. about on a recent podcast, I believe. That's right. So that's why number ones are out when it comes to modern day goalies. There are a few that, that are still around, as a matter of fact. But uh, the majority of them, and at least from my point of view, the best recent goalies of modern day NHL for some reason are numbers from 30 through 39. That mm -hmm. decade is just, uh, they, they seem to, maybe that has to do with growing up and admiring the previous players before you and such. Sure. But so yeah, if you wouldn't mind uh, kicking off your love of 35 and why you chose that number, and then we'll go into a list of other famous goalies who are in your fellow decade well it's it's <laughs> well trod ground on this podcast so for our longtime listeners i won't bore you too much because you already know the answer but in case you happen to be new my favorite goalie of all time is the former rangers goalie mike richter who wore number 35 he carried the rangers to a stanley cup in 1994 he's uh some might say something of an american hero carrying the Rain, uh, not the, the Rangers, the uh, American team to the uh, World Cup in '96, and uh, he's he's just he, you know he, he's kind of a blue collar goalie who worked really hard. Uh, he, he didn't he wasn't so much a finesse goalie as he was just somebody who worked hard to always be in position and never gave up on a play and just kind of you know gutted it out and and had a lot of success in the process and i find that uh whether it's through coincidence or some kind of subliminal emulation i find my style kind of meshes very well with his style and uh, so i just i decided it was a natural fit to be number 35 and plus, it's a cool-looking number too. It just—it it looks good on the back, especially for a goalie. It Just—it fills your whole back, and it's a cool-looking number. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It. And I've always—I don't know why—I've just—I've always been partial to numbers with five in them, like uh, fifteen or fifty-five or something like that. So to have the number thirty-five seems natural to me as a goalie. I'm glad you brought that up too. Any numbers that you would refuse to wear, like like we talked about in uh, Hit the Deck number thirteen about superstitions. Do you have a number that you just hate? Uh, I mean, I have some players that I hate that have worn numbers. Like, I would never wear number two. No offense to Brian Leach. Um, but, 
uh, I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't have any. I've never really thought about that. I don't have it. I don't think I have any numbers that I, I'm really morally opposed to. Okay. How about Fair you? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll get into into why I went with number four in a little bit. But uh, just to put a bow on, and thank you for asking. Yeah. To sure. put a bow on the the goalies, just to back up what we were saying before, great goalies who've worn or are wearing number thirty. There's a guy in on the Rangers who. Uh, Number thirty there, and Mr. Yeah, he's Henrik pretty Lundqvist. good, I guess. Yeah. You may have heard of him, Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, for the Devils fans out there, Martin Brodeur was number thirty. For Red Wings fans, Chris Osgood, and uh, for the well, for the Sabres fans mostly, Ryan Miller, just to name a few who've worn number thirty. Uh, number thirty-one for the Islanders fans, Billy Smith, battling Billy Smith, um, Grant Fuhr who is one of the all-time great goalies from the Oilers. Cujo, Curtis Joseph, and Carey Price, who I think right now is probably the greatest goalie in the world, especially coming off of the World Cup. And the Canadiens are the currently at the recording of this podcast are unbeaten. I think in, in regulation they're unbeaten, but there's something – I think they have 19 points already through their first eight games or something ridiculous. So Didn't some idiot predict that they wouldn't make the playoffs before the season? Yes. <laughs> oh wait, was it you or me? It was if me. It was me. Then I'm the idiot. No, it was me. Then no. Okay, so never mind. I take. Well, the back. season is still young. It is. Come on now. There's a lot more hockey to be played. But anyway, <laughs> case in point, uh, I've been watching a lot of NHL Network lately, and I'm sure a lot of uh, hit the deck fans would agree with watching that wonderful network a lot. But mm. they did make the point that. Um, the uh, Stanley Cup champions, the, the defending Stanley Cup champion, Pittsburgh Penguins, were horrible in the first half of last year. And That's then true. when their players got back and they got hot and they went all the way to to win it all. So you're right. It's it's a long way away. So we'll, we'll see. But anyway, number 31, worn by Price and, and other great goalies in the past. Number mm-hmm. 32, I did track down one. And he is the another nice little bow to tie around this anti Auntie Ranta, who is mm-hmm. the um, backup goalie for the New York Rangers. But the really cool thing about Mr. Ranta is, Gary, you're going to love his new mask. Yeah. So I don't want to spoil the surprise. If you can, um, if you can, you know, uh, Google it or right. whatever search engine you could use to see it, if there is a picture of it. They did show you on MSG during, I think, one of the intermissions of tonight's game, mm-hmm. if you can see a replay of that. But uh, if you don't know what it is, I'll, I'll tell you later. But you're going to really love it. It's really going to come full circle with that so what you're saying is i'm going to be pro ranta absolutely (laughs) exactly right so he's a current number 32 in goal there you go number 33 patrick wah all right right. (laughs) sorry patrick yeah patrick wah who is one of the all-time greatest goalies uh number 34 john van beesbrook the beezer one of my all-time favorites, besides Mr. Richter, of course. We talked about number 35, the American Rhino. I didn't track down a 36, but I'm sure there is a few floating around there. Mm. But number 37 was uh, Ole the Goalie. So the man's n- nickname was Ole the Goalie. So number 37, that kind of sums it up there. And uh, didn't find a 38 per se, but number 39 was worn by Mr. Dominic Hasek. So, ah, the Dominator. Uh, yeah, another legendary goalie. So there is the commonality between great goalies, yourself included, yeah. and the the numbers 30s. So pretty cool there. 
I'm not taking any credit for being a great goalie. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just stating for the record. You're too humble. But uh, come out and see for yourself. In terms of deck hockey, Gary's one of the best. So uh, we wouldn't just say that without backing it up. Well, you might. Okay. But what's, who, who, I'm not lying, you know. Yeah, all right. Lying. Move on. Anyway. So from there, uh, for most forwards and defensemen, Double-digit numbers are usually the way to go or the most popular, but legendary single-digit numbers being number four, seven, and nine, just to name a few. Mm -hmm. Of course, number four, Bobby Orr, is, uh, I'd say, the most famous number four for Devils fans. Scott Stevens, I'm sure, have uh, he has a soft spot in your hearts forever. Uh, Number seven, Phil Esposito. One of the all-time best. And obviously, number nine, we just lost him recently, but uh, Mr. Hockey, Gordy Howe. Mm-hmm. So there you go for that. Uh, personally, for me, I like number four. And, and it's I, I, I play defense, and I apologize profusely for insulting the number in that aspect and Mr. Bobby Orr. But um, my love of the number, it was kind of weird. In, in kindergarten, I just liked the number for whatever reason. It has nothing to do with my birthday or or anything else. I just kind of thought it was cool that in the English language that the number four, the amount of letters of the number equals the number itself. So F-O-U-R. Oh, yeah. What about that? Yeah. So so that was pretty cool. And then I was a huge baseball fan my whole life. So growing up um, and then in 1985, Lenny Dykstra came along to the New York Mets and he was number four. And that was it for me. That just clinched it. That was that was my number. So I just I loved it. For, for those reasons and uh, kept that love always. So um, again, my apologies to hockey fans out there and defensemen who are deserved of the number. Sorry. You know, I just, I, speaking of Lenny Dykstra, I, I just thought of a comparison that you're probably not going to appreciate. So I don't know if I should even bring it up, but given that I mentioned it, if I don't bring it up, it'll probably make for pretty boring radio. So uh, no, go for it. Uh, off the field, he's a mess. On the field, I love the way he played. But go so ahead. Lenny's nickname was Nails. And uh, in the early, well, I guess mid-90s, in the WWF, there was a wrestler with the name Nails. And his gimmick was that he was a convict. And no, no. then Lenny Dykstra, of course, got arrested for being, uh, you know, the mess that you, you just kind of alluded to. So uh, it, it just strikes me as kind of um, an interesting similarity there. Yeah, that's scary. So. <laughs> wow. Thank you for that tidbit, though. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, yeah, so number 35 and number four, they are our votes for our favorite numbers anyway. So they are close to our hearts and that's why we wear them. I believe nails. The wrestler feuded with the big boss man. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Okay. Well, his, his gimmick, if you're not aware, uh, the big boss man's gimmick was that he was a prison guard. So, uh, he, he feuded with the convict and he was apparently the, the guard that had put nails in prison. So when Uh. he got out, he was, he was very mad at him. So of course they settled their differences (laughs) in the wrestling ring as you do. See, at the time, you're probably thinking, this is just bad writing. And <laughs> lo and behold, it came true. So, yeah. wow, way to go, WWF. It was still WWF at that time, so yes, don't yes. yell at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't change names for to the WWE for another decade or so. Thank you very much, sir. You got it. <laughs> I don't know if the big boss man ever had any kind of interaction with Lenny Dykstra. I, I, I have, I'm not privy to that information. 
I don't know, but when Lenny was with the Phillies, he was a thorn in the Braves' side, so who knows? Although I, I do know that uh, Pete Rose has fallen afoul of some WWE superstars in the past, so there's that. Oh, that's right. Wasn't it like three years in a row or something? To, at, at yeah, I, I think uh, at WrestleMania, I think Kane uh, <laughs> yeah. like tombstoned him or something. Chokes that's right. Him. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's great. Uh, one of which, one, one of those times he was dressed as the San Diego chicken. Yeah. <laughs> How about it? Oh, man. So, uh, um, anyway. So, yeah. So let us know what your favorite numbers are and why. And uh, we'd love to hear, hear about it. Yeah. All right. Splendid. There you go. So. From there, uh, there was an interesting tweet that uh, we follow, hit the deck. Um, our Twitter feed follows the uh, NHL and uh, other affiliates, including the Hall of Fame. So there was an interesting picture that they tweeted recently that had two nine-foot statues of very famous hockey players. And I think everyone will know the goalie for a couple of reasons. But Cyclone Taylor, who played way back when in the 1800s, he was basically the first superstar, quote-unquote, of professional hockey. Huh. Yeah, and um, he was nicknamed Cyclone Taylor because he was such a great skater at the time and a, a, a consummate scorer as well, So, which we would refer to as a sniper nowadays, which hmm. the league is in such great hands nowadays that uh, everybody has at least one or two good snipers including the youth that's coming up uh, in the NHL. but I guess it's time, better than being named Cyclone because you keep getting spun around. Absolutely, yeah, right. So he was a two-time Stanley Cup champion and a multi-scoring champion as well. So he was only five foot eight, but the thing that I love about hockey, and Gary and I have discussed this in the past as well, is its appreciation of its history mm. and the willingness to not forget how they got to where they are and how the game has evolved into such a wonderful, awesome sport. And as we said before, case in point, with all of these young players coming up that are so good, so quick, which in the past that you'd have to get a couple of years under your belts before you were going to make a name for yourself in the yeah. league. But it doesn't seem to be the case anymore. But Cyclone Taylor was one of the first guys. His first name was Fred, by the way. So they honor him with a nine foot statue, which is cool. But Ken Dryden, a really fascinating player. The reason why I think every hockey fan would know who he is is, again, as the American Rhino was brought up in Hit the Decks Past, the video game series um, NHL Hockey by uh -huh. EA Sports. It's in the game. Absolutely. Well, one of the famous things that Ken Dryden did was he was a very tall man. I think he was 6'4 or something like that. He was uh, One of his nicknames was, was something like the 4 story goalie or something he was so tall <laughs> but how it ties into the nhl video game franchise is that he when the play was on the other end and mm -hmm. he was fine there was nothing going on in his side as goalies can do because they're always bent over and, and in that position to try and get a little breather is he would famously rest his chin on his stick and stand up so he'd look even taller <laughs> Okay, so yeah, six foot guy, and he had that uh, the Mike Margiotta scary Jason mask as well to make it even more intimidating. But he would do that position. So the cool thing is the statue is Mr. Dryden in that position, but 
in the NHL video game series, that's what the goalie would do on the other end if you ever watch a replay or something like that. Like if your team is scoring mm-hmm. and then you happen to look at your goalie up on the other end, he's leaning on his stick much like Ken Dryden, a la Ken Dryden. So that's a little funny tidbit for you there. You know, I would okay. try that, but the court that we play on is so small that I yeah. always have to be on my toes. Exactly. Yeah, there's no rest for the weary, unfortunately. But um, if you're playing on a surface that's uh, 200 feet by 80, then you could probably get away with that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sure. Especially if you're 6'4", you could probably block the net a little bit easier than a normal-sized <laughs> human being. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, Ken Dryden, his resume is just absolutely astounding. He was a Stanley Cup winner in 1971 because he had an insane postseason and helped dethrone the juggernaut that was the Boston Bruins back then. Hmm. But not only did he win the 1971 Stanley Cup championship, he won the Conn Smythe for the MVP of the postseason of the Stanley Cup finals that year before he won the Calder Trophy in 1972 as the best rookie in the NHL. Wow. He's the only player to have accomplished that, which is just astounding. That's pretty impressive. It really is. Again, he was a Stanley Cup winner in 71, 73, and then four in a row from 1976 to 1979. The man only played about seven seasons in the NHL, which is ridiculous. So his statistics are off the charts. He only appeared in about three... 150 games plus or so, give or take. And his winning percentage is by far ridiculously high. His goals against average is ridiculously high. Um, his save percentage. So just for that brief period mm-hmm. was was remarkable. Now, the thing I also find extremely fascinating about Ken Dryden is that the man didn't retire because of injury or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He, he retired. He became a politician afterwards, too. He was an extremely intelligent man. He got his uh, college degree and I think even master's degree and stuff like that. Hmm. So his contract was up with the Canadians. And for being one of the all time best goalies that there was, they were trying to shortchange him. So instead of showing up to camp and taking the money that they offered him, he sat out. And I think he ended up getting another master's degree in the meantime or something like that. And he just walked away from the game. <laughs> He's like, all right, you're not going to pay me. 31 years old, the guy is retired, six-time Stanley Cup champion. I guess there's something to be said for going out on a high note. Absolutely, my friend. You know, uh, and Leave him wanting more. I guess so. It's true. It's true. The The man went out. I, I, it doesn't get any better than that. He had success with the national team as well. Mm-hmm. And I believe he was the goalie, if I'm not mistaken, during that 72 Summit Series against Russia. Oh, okay. Which was, yeah, that, that was a pretty famous and intense series that Canada won and beat the Russians, which was just at the time unheard of. And then obviously the 1980 U.S. men's hockey team had something to say about that as well. But yeah. just really a remarkable, remarkable career, fascinating man, Ken Dryden. So I'm really happy that those two big, intimidating, scary statues are there to greet you at the NHL zone. So one of my bucket list things, and I'm sure, Gary, you feel the same way, is to get to at least once to the Hockey Hall of Fame up in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. Yeah. I'm more of a homebody, so going all the way up to Toronto to see a couple of statues is maybe beyond my uh, my ambition. But, you know, if it happens, you know, it certainly would be nice. Fair enough. And plus, you have the benefit of the Internet, too, so you could kind of... That's true. I could just look at a picture. It's just like being there. 
Yeah, I'm sure there's virtual tours and yeah, things like that. Yeah, with all these VR headsets that are coming out, you know, you never have to leave your house. Yeah, it's true. I mean, look how far <laughs> we've come in just the last decade in terms of cell phones just do everything now. So, You know what? I <laughs> This is going to be way off topic except for the possible very, very, very tangential relation of uh, video games of the, you know, you had mentioned the EA NHL series, but uh, speaking of VR headsets, one thing I want to get my hands on at some point is the new uh, PlayStation VR. They have a Batman game where you play as Batman and like, you know, the the VR headset, you're, you're just seeing things from his perspective so you can look around the Batcave and, and, you know, see the Batcave and look down and see yourself dressed as Batman and throw batarangs and stuff. So I, I want to get my hands on that at some point. Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Wow. That's exciting. Uh-huh. Very, very exciting. Yeah. So, hey, speaking of which, hey, maybe EA is working on a, a virtual reality game like that where if you're going to play as the goalie in NHL hockey, maybe you can put that headset on and kind of make I've, the moves. Yeah, I've wanted something like that for years just to, you know, hone my – skills in the privacy and comfort of my own home but uh i suppose technology is marching on ever further so maybe you know maybe it'll happen be nice cool stuff man yeah something something to look forward to but that's mm-hmm. exciting because you know gary and i we, we make no apologies for being huge batman fans and if if you're not what what are you doing come on it's <laughs> That's really awesome. I can't wait to, to even see that game, yeah. let alone play it. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd lose my mind. Very cool. Yeah. So from there, we'll go to the National Women's Hockey League. If uh, you're not familiar with the uh, ladies who play professional hockey, uh, Gary and I will educate you a little bit on that. But um, last year was their first season, and there are only four teams so far. Mm-hmm. There's a team in Boston, in Buffalo, Connecticut, and there was a team in Brooklyn. <laughs> Whatever happened to them, I wonder. Well, over the summer, and uh, Sue, uh, if you're listening out there, we, we were wondering if you may have something to do with this or not, Miss Devil Fan. But uh, the New York Riveters, who used to play in Brooklyn, are now playing in the home of the New Jersey Devils over in Newark. So, And if you did have something to do with it, Give them back. Come on. We want our team back. Because really, at least in the only in, in the first two seasons uh, last year and, and the current season mm-hmm. coming up, their schedule is kind of sparse. So they only play about 21 games uh, scheduled so far. I'm not sure about the postseason. They do have a postseason. But the home games are tough to come by. Mm-hmm. So Gary and I wanted to go catch a game last year in Brooklyn, and we missed out because there were limited home games. And if you're not, if your schedule isn't open for it, you're not going to be able to go, so you miss out. So a couple of weeks ago, Gary was uh, telling me about some other teams that Brooklyn has lost, in, uh, not to mention the uh, Brooklyn Dodgers, but we never got over that anyway. Uh <laughs> He mentioned going to check out the New York Riveters play, which is I definitely love to see them. And as you heard in the past, uh, Snipe Town, they have a good relationship with the uh, National Women's Hockey League as well. Yeah. They were guests yes. on uh, Hit the Deck. Yep. Sam Chimo is on talking about the captain of the Riveters who makes a, a really ridiculous commute 
from upstate New York every time she has to come in and practice, let alone play. So, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if the commute is easier to Newark or harder, but still, you know, you've got to give her a, a ton of respect for that kind of dedication. Yeah, that really puts it on a whole new level. Anytime that you don't feel like practicing or something like that, there's no excuse because the that is a tough trip mm-hmm. coming and going. So forget about trying to play. And as you know, anybody who's played out there, any kind of hockey, deck hockey, roller hockey, skating, uh, ice skating, ice hockey and stuff like that is when you play, it takes so much out of you and your lower body is just you, you can barely walk if you've played well. <laughs> at least and uh, your lower back is killing you and your thighs are just uh, it's 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 hard and that so that's it, just from skating james forget checks exactly like, right. hockey hurts it does in the days when, when says the guy who's dressed head to toe in robust protective gear yeah but i mean <laughs> let's be honest gary's on a couple of your knees really they're rough so anything and, and you're a butterfly goalie too and playing on the concrete that we play on, it's it's extremely rough. So don't sell yourself short yeah. at all. But uh, exactly, it's that's just from skating and forget about getting hitting, getting hit and, and shooting and all that stuff. So to decompress and then get back in the car and go driving another four to six hours or however heck it long. It, 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 it Basically in the up. middle of the night. Yeah. So it's it's not an easy drive either because you have to probably go through New York City and just driving through the city is a nightmare. Uh, so if, if hopefully she could bypass, I don't know, go through Jersey or something like that. But it's an insane, insane commitment. So just we tip our cap to the ladies and their wonderful captain over there for the New York Riveters. So mm-hmm. even though they play in New Jersey now, they are still known as the New York Riveters. I don't know if that's going to change anytime soon. But it just kind of made the odds for Gary and I getting to a game a lot harder. So... <laughs> So I guess that, that said, yeah, I guess that makes it the third New York team that plays in New Jersey. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. After the uh, Jets and Giants of football. That's, that's right. That's right. So if you're curious as to why the Riveters or, or the, the National Women's Hockey League have such a has such a short schedule. Well, in their defense, uh, as we mentioned before, is that the previous two minor league teams that played uh, actually, the, actually, James, I'm sorry. I'm going to yeah. interrupt you. Don't the Red Bulls play in New Jersey as well? They do. You're absolutely right. All right. Yeah. So it's the fourth team. To, there you go. Jeez. Uh, what? What? Uh, why? Can't I, geez, I'm, I'm just I'm just making noises at this point. I'm incredulous. Well, I have no answers for you either. So <laughs> but I'm sorry I, I had interrupted you. But what what no. you were starting to say, let's so let's recap the uh, kind of the, the history of pro sports at Aviator Arena, which is in Brooklyn, which is mm-hmm. where the Riveters had played. So they they got the uh, aces. Right? right. There was a, a new independent league started up uh, the the were they the Brooklyn Aces or I, I guess I believe they were yeah okay so so the Aces played there that league folded then uh, a couple years later a new independent league started and the Aviators played there right and then that league folded yep although not before James and I saw a crazy crazy game <laughs> where the visiting team at one point had more players in the penalty box than they did on the bench. 
That um, is literal. Yes. You're not exaggerating. There was like uh there was like 10 players in the penalty box and four on the bench uh at, i think at the start of the third period yep gary uh, counted them yeah That's but cool. uh that, that also i also witnessed a goalie trying to decapitate a referee with a puck which was you know not maybe the smartest idea but um <laughs> his, his night got cut short yes but uh so yeah so that that, that was the aviators and then the Riveters finally come in, and their league has not folded, thankfully, but they up and left for another state. So we can't win. Or And by we, I mean you more than I, because you live in Brooklyn. I, I just uh, visit there very infrequently. Yeah, so because you guys know what you're doing in Queens, you can hold on to teams over there. So. Uh-huh. And thank you very much because we do love the New York Pets very, very much. But um, yeah, it, it's 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 sad and weird because New York, the tri-state area is a good hotbed for hockey. So the Devils have been a good, good team for a long time and deservedly so. So hopefully, like Gary was mentioning off air, that maybe the Riveters can get more exposure over there in uh, in an NHL rink. Mm-hmm. But it's weird, yeah. So one of the reasons why that they have to play such a limited amount of games is that there's just not enough money to sustain these uh, minor league hockey leagues. I said league twice. I'm sorry for that. But That's okay. um, so right, so yeah, it's it's we're 0 for three in in Brooklyn. So it's a minus hat trick. So we're a minus three in the plus minus. Let's put it that way. So <laughs> it's embarrassing. I'm but, sorry, uh, buddy. Yeah, but for for everybody else out there, please go check them out. Go root them on. Great stories. They have a Facebook page, and you could even look them up on Wikipedia. And there is an official website for the National Women's Hockey League. So they are – I'd love to see a a live game, actually. So Gary and I were looking forward to going to see one, but Mm -hmm. we'll see about that. Again, there's a team in Boston, in Buffalo, in Connecticut – and now in uh, New Jersey. I do know that the Boston team had a uh, TV contract too, so you can see the games on TV in the Boston area, which mm-hmm. makes sense because that is a hockey hotbed if there ever is one in the world. So good for them, and we hope that this league has a lot better luck than the New York uh, hockey leagues or Eastern leagues, whatever they were called, with the Aces and the Aviators. So mm-hmm. go get them, girls. Yeah. <laughs> have at do us proud and whatever other cliches we can come up with that's right yeah play for for great hockey fans like sue and and jen and julia okay you, you got uh, you got them looking up to you so do a good job last minute remaining in the podcast all right it is time to wrap up the latest edition of the hit the deck show i did it again the hit the deck show when have i ever called it that i yeah yeah it is a show. Yeah, but it's not a thing we say. Thank you for listening to the latest installment of the Hit the Deck podcast. We are oh so happy to have you. We would not be able to do this. We literally would not be able to do this show without you, or at the very least, we would have no cause to do it without you. So we, we definitely appreciate your patronage. If you want to be kept abreast of development on the show and uh you know if you want to know the very moment when a podcast drops i implore you not only to follow us on twitter at the deck pod but subscribe on itunes or stitcher or 
really whatever podcasting outlet you prefer, we're probably there. So uh, subscribe and, and get access to the podcast. Get it injected directly into your ears the very second that it drops. You will be doing us a favor and possibly yourself as well. I also would like to thank Pops for being the voice of the podcast, Anthony Sajazi for music used in the podcast, the LIQ for sound effects in the podcast. James, what, 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 what is there left to say? Really not much. You already mentioned it at the top of the show is that if you want to contact us through email, hit the deck at Gmail, Instagram or at hit the deck as well as Facebook at hit the deck. And also just as a friendly reminder, don't forget to set your clocks back if you're listening to this podcast before Sunday morning at 2 a.m. Yes. Thank you, sir, for that public service announcement. And before we wrap up, I... I just want to remind you, uh, if you happen to be angry, as I myself am sometimes angry, for instance, at the fact that I've been watching Christmas commercials all night before we have, in fact, had the opportunity to set our clocks back, please try very hard to remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. Good show, James. Well done. Well met, sir. Yes, quite, quite good. Yes, quite good. Yes.